Hello and welcome to Bend the Knee, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I am Sir Matt, the Bud Knight. And I am Sir Ezra, the Watchful. Welcome to our Song of Ice and Fire book club. Today we are discussing House of the Dragon and the Ice Dragon, my friends. Mm-hmm. We have a... Uh, Joining us today is uh, Sir Jimmy. We've had him on before. Jimmy, how you doing today? Hey, I'm great. I'm always happy to uh, be on a Bend the Knee episode, so uh, things are swell. Yeah. Good. Good. Yeah. Guys, we... Oh, man. We've been we've been hanging out all morning. Um, we were just talking some Wheel of Time. It was uh, <laughs> did not go as well as uh, we'd hoped. But you know what, guys? We've been through a lot because we've been through Season 8 of Game of Thrones. So wow. <laughs> we can it's handle show, show mishaps. Okay? Yeah. But you know what isn't... You know what doesn't look like a mishap? That is House of the Dragon. Yeah. We keep getting more, uh, more sort of te uh, teasers, set photos, leaked stuff. There's, I guess, somewhat a bit of controversy going on. I and mean, we posted a video on it. You know what? Yeah. And uh, as and I like the casting of Carlos Valerian. Yeah, I, I want to get Jimmy. I want to get your thoughts on it because I mean, I think it's a, a good uh, decision. I, I can talk about why here in a second. We did a separate standalone YouTube video. Go check that out. Uh, but Jimmy, what do you think about the the casting of Corliss Valerion? I mean, I think it I think it works out. I actually watched your guys' video on your YouTube on the Bend the Knee YouTube, uh, which I'm subscribed with my bell turned on on that. Um, but you know, I think that I think it's a great casting for all the reasons that you guys stated there. But just in general, you know, it's an accomplished actor with a great look. Like the when we got the picture of him on set, phenomenal. Like how can you look at that and be discouraged? I don't see costumes good hair looks good and then he has a very noticeable face right like his face stands out to me and i think uh you know like you said there's a little bit of controversy people being mad saying oh it's not book accurate and stuff like that but uh, th there, there's also a lot of misinformation saying that george said that you know there there were only white people in valeria and stuff like that that's not the case george has never said that that's not mm -hmm. that's not confirmed that's not canon so I feel like the controversy is just people one gatekeeping or having other, you know, negative motivations with that, that we can all yeah. guess at. Right. Um, so I say, forget those people. I say it's a great casting. And I say, yeah. if, if, if it's too far from the source material, which isn't even factual based on what we know from George, uh, it's not for you. And then maybe you don't have to tune in. Uh, let's just enjoy this. I, I think, I think it's a good yeah. casting. Uh, you know, it's not, it's not some nobody. It's not, um, you know, it's not like, you know, he's built to be seven feet tall and we got a five foot actor. Like, that's not the case. Like, if they cast Dunk with Tyrion, you know, with Peter Dinklage, I'll be mad. But that's mm -hmm. not the case here, folks. It's not. So I'm pumped up for it. I, I, I yeah. think it's a great casting. And I thought the set, the uh, scenes that we saw, like the pictures were phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with I'm with I'm with I'm 100 percent with you, Jimmy. And look, here's here's my here's my thing, you know, like. You're taking a house that we did not see again. First and foremost, let, let me let, let me let me let me say this right. As somebody who obviously we love the books, right? And we we love the books and everything. But when you see comic book movies adapted, they change stuff all the time. Yeah, like Game of Thrones was way more accurate to the books than most other things. Um, but you know they're doing this for TV. They don't as as much as I you know we're all book lovers here, but HBO doesn't care about the books. They just don't. 
that's that's just how that's it works. Like, you know, it is. I mean, I'm sorry, but it, it it's just how it is. Any any time a comic book movie is made or whatever, they're making their own adaptation of it. And if it goes exactly this way in the comics, well, this aren't this isn't the comics. This is Avengers or you know whatever. It doesn't matter. That's just how they, that's just how they do it. Now, like. They're taking House Valerian, which we did not see in Game of Thrones, and I don't even think was ever even mentioned in the show. I'd have to go back and look to see if maybe at some point they were specifically mentioned. They might have been in some of those, um, the extras, right, where they give the lore and stuff and stuff and stuff like that. But as far as I remember, I don't remember House of Valerian ever even being mentioned in the in the TV show. But they're taking they're taking a house that we didn't see and. They're gonna they're gonna go down the route that they're going down with. I'll go ahead and say it right. They're they're making them they're making these Valyrians black, and people are mm -hmm. freaking out about it. And I just don't I don't I don't see the issue, man. I really just don't see the issue now. Like, if you wanted to say if you wanted to go with like a a black Targaryen, that's like like say you wanted to make Viserys Targaryen black. In fact, okay, well, hold on. Now this, okay, now like, now this is gonna be like, this doesn't make sense, right? How you could have this like super pale group of people, and then, you know, you're gonna put somebody with a darker skin. Like that doesn't add up. But yeah. I don't know. It's and a, even it's then, I'd be like, house and people mm. are and people are. Yeah, I yeah, I still I still wouldn't care, but I could at least I could at least see the argument behind it. Be like, okay, well, hold on a second, you know, like that doesn't work, especially because Game of Thrones is something where it's like, hey, the features are such an important detail. But this is a house mm -hmm. that n nobody watch. The, when people watch this for the first time, they are not going to question it whatsoever. No, 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 it's nonsense. It's it's actually a really cool tie-in with the with the kind of platinum hair, the eyes. And, and things like that to say, okay, the, like what was old Valeria and how is the blood like more magical? How do you keep that kind of, um, you know, like the, like the dragon seeds, the dragon riders? I think that's going to be a really cool piece to all of this. And I, by the way, I also did go look in, you can just go to a search of ice and fire, guys. All you have to do is go to a search of ice and fire, type in uh, Valerion, right? And look at the descriptions. It is not mentioned. Um, There's mentioned that they have pale hair. Uh, and that they have kind of that that platinum blonde hair and the eye color, but their skin color is is not mentioned. And it does say that they thrice um, had provided brides uh, for Targaryen princes, and then you know they're a, they're an ancient Valyria family that House Targaryen was okay with um, you know marrying into and and making keeping a strong kind of alliance with. I I think it's fair. And you know to to Jimmy's point, let's say something with House Targaryen. You did something like this, like. Guys, flash forward and you have Baylor Breakspear, who is Dornish. You have actually Ray I mean, Rhaegar Targaryen marries Elia Martell. Like his children, he has one ch one child who is Rainey's Targaryen, very Dornish and smelled Dornish according to, uh, to, to the old Mad King. Uh, and then you have his son Aegon, who had fair hair. So there is this kind of you know George is looking at the genetics and looking at uh, the seed is strong and in those things. And I think. You take a lesser house like House Valerion and you say, yeah, that's a house we can use. There's not much in the books on House Valerion, uh, not much detail there. Let's use that house to try to, you know, 
one if you wanted to, if it's just to bring in more diversity i'm cool i think that's awesome i think that's 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 a good thing um and then if you if it's also just to kind of help amplify some of the stuff that happens with rhaenyra targaryen and harwin strong if that may be the case or you just said i like this actor i think he's sick we really like this guy he auditioned yeah. right he auditioned and we didn't really know where to put him we go to george and george said i never said house valerian couldn't be you know i didn't i never identified their skin color or said that they always have to be that that same way. Also, look at how many families and houses, right, have inter kind of like marriages in the family. You're mm -hmm. related to individuals who aren't the same skin color of you in the same family. That's like modern. <laughs> That's a thing. So it's just kind of wild. I, yeah. So I think it's cool. I love it. He does look absolutely badass, and I think House Valerian is going to be sick. Also, they're making a TV show around this guy too, right? That was the rumor is that the sea that 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 yeah. I, why not? Because he looks awesome, and 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 I went and looked up some of his his work and just clips of him acting and stuff, and yeah, it's phenomenal. He's legit. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I will say. So the wiki says. And again, this is actually where I got. I'm going to confirm for myself here uh, because. The people sort of the the people sort of leading the charge is the I forget I always blank on their names Linda but they and, helped um, Linda El and Elio the the people who wrote the World of Ice and Fire book well they run the wiki and so it says chapter twelve of a feast for crows it's a Cersei chapter where the Valyrians are described as very much having Targaryen features of um, silver hair purple eyes and pale skin but I can't see I'm trying to see exactly when that was edited to see if like this has been edited over the past weekend because. Man, they, she's like going to war with all these other bigger, like sort of Game of Thrones YouTubers and stuff like that. And I don't really like to get involved in any of that stuff. I just kind of, hey, we just kind of yeah. do our own thing. Yeah. Here, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I mean, did did Game of Thrones not was Game of Thrones an unsuccessful show because uh, Daenerys didn't have purple eyes? Because I seem to remember it having more awards mm -hmm. than any show in the history of television. Yeah, so that's right. I guess I, I I mean I I guess based upon this logic that House of the Dragons is just going to fail because they're choosing to pick somebody that doesn't have pale skin. I mean, unless I unless I unless I'm you know, oh that's right. Game of Thrones won more awards than any show in the history of television. So yeah, I don't I don't think I don't think not going with one feature is going to cause it to. Uh, fail yeah and, and just casting's always just gonna, so yeah. strong you know and, and they picked him for a reason Seriously. uh they, they saw his audition they said this is the guy everyone says he has a, a very strong presence on screen that character needs to have a strong presence on screen i think we're going to be okay and i think we let the dummies be dumb sure yeah yep i agree with yeah. you as I, far I as i'm also, concerned guess, guess what? one yeah remember something this podcast is not called oh you know it's called bend the knee damn it so that's, that's how it hey. is. <laughs> Whoa. Preach it, son. Get after it now. Look Let's out. Let's go. Uh, I do want to ask a quick question, and I, maybe this will help our, our some listeners or whoever. But, like, you know, George has gone back, and when he's writing the histories, he's writing those to fit with his a, a Song of Ice and Fire, his the, the main work. You know what I mean? The histories can be altered and changed. Go look at Tolkien. I mean, he went and changed a lot mm -hmm. of various things to make this fit into work. He wanted it to have a, a mythology, a history, a background, a world. And George is doing kind of the same thing. The, uh, instead of the Silmarillion, what do they call it? The, the, the Grimmarillion. The Grimmarillion. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> so is he allowed to go back and say, 
is he allowed to change things? I think he is. I think if he wanted to go back and say, you know what, actually, I kind of like the idea that this is this is a new thought that's come to me, and I think that would work better. And I think that's maybe uh, even even if that wasn't like what he shared with like Linda or Elio or whoever in the creation of a world of ice and fire. George is allowed to say. I mean, first of all, this George has always been a guy who the writing evolves on him. He gets a little carried away. He changes things because yeah. it comes to him and he's like, this is better. And I want to let my work and my creation grow and evolve. So when he thinks back on the history and he thinks back on old Valeria, he's saying, you know what? It's it's not as simple and straightforward as we once thought. Let me throw. And I bet you they ask him about this. I would not be surprised at all. He signed the deal, you know, like the like the, the what, five year deal or whatever with mm -hmm. HBO. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they said, hey, we got a really good actor here and we have an idea for it. Even if they approached him with the idea, I still think it's it's awesome and it's, it's fine. Hey, um, George Lucas, George so. Lucas changed Star Wars like 100 times. And you know what? I still watch it and <laughs> I'm still like, this is awesome. So, yeah, yeah. I don't care. <laughs> maybe we'll get the maybe we'll get the George Lucas version of the Game of Thrones cut one day and it'll be. George's thing, and you'll just see Lady Stoneheart walking CGI put in, walking in, all, you know, in all of the scenes. <laughs> and it's, it, it, I mean, guys, he's like the executive producer of all this stuff. He's still like involved. So it was pro if you got a problem, go ask George. Yeah, and that's actually something I saw uh, someone tweet at Great uh, um, uh, Linda. I think it was Gray Area. Uh, maybe tweeted mm -hmm. like, oh, she's going, you she's going like hardcore. <laughs> yeah, maybe she responded to it. Maybe, maybe she wasn't the exact one, but I mean, I was with it. It was like somebody had tweeted. I, I saw, I know someone tweeted at Linda was like, why don't you ask George, like confirm this with George? And she said, I don't care what George has to say about this. And well, for me, it's like, okay, like, okay, you you're out. You're out of your mind at this so point. Like, let me Linda read. Gone. Yeah, let me read it. Like this is from a feast of uh, a feast for crows. Cersei three. And it's talking about Valeria. So chapter 12. Right? Uh, yeah, this is uh, probably. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, yeah, let's yeah, see. Yeah. The first time let's see. Marjorie was there. We're talking about Marjorie uh, a little bit. Um, you've got uh, the, the bastard of drift. Mark. All right. Is is there. So it was not the first time the queen had uh, made note of waters, a lean young man uh, with gray green eyes and long silver golden hair. The first time she had seen him. For half a heartbeat, she'd almost thought Rhaegar Targaryen. So we're making a connection. Again, he's a bastard uh, of, of House Valerion. Had returned from the ashes. It is, um, it is his hair, she told herself. Uh, not, he's not half as comely as Rhaegar was. His face is too narrow, and he has that cleft in his chin. The Valerions came from old Valeria stock. However... Uh, and some of them had silvery hair as the Dragon Kings of old. So that's the lines being thrown out there quite a bit that like, yes, they had some of them, some, not all. That was a gray area's point on her Twitter rant as well, which is like, look, it was left open. It was really the hair color that was emphasized and sometimes the eye color and that they came from old Valeria stock. And I think within that, I mean, the only two houses we know that really kind of survive from old Valeria are the Valerians and and uh, House Targaryen? Mm -hmm. So how do you know what that? And, and we also and we also don't know who they, we also don't know who they've married, who they've married into yeah. at any point. Right. We don't know. We you you don't know. I mean, certain Targaryens look more Dornish than others, right? Because they sometimes yeah. they marry into Dorn. 
And at the well, end of the, yeah. Look at, at the, the Starks the day, who are married in the house of Tully. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, who does right, care? Yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, who it, cares? It's going to be sick. I, I was surprised that it was, uh, I mean, I think initially I was, that there's... I was like, okay, cool. That's, that's not, now I'll give everybody this. Is that what I, is that what I thought House Valerian, um, look, it was, there was so few details no, this, on House Valerian. It's not what I thought when I was reading the books for sure, but that's because there was so little there. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's why I think it was a good choice, though, because there is so little on House Valerion. That's an easy go-to uh, to make to make this call and this decision. I think it's fine. So, yeah. Yep. Ah, yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, I'm know. excited. Hey. The shots, the shots look sick, guys. Let's be honest about that. The shots look sick, and we were just uh, we, the three of us were just arguing about another another um, series. <laughs> that is not doing that. I mean, they're in early production and they have professional quality, really good costume shots. And that's all it took for us to go. Yes. Like more. Let's go. The tank is fuel like it's fueled and I'm ready. Yeah. And it went global trending on Google and Twitter. Um, yeah. And I think it's going to be big. I think Me it's going to be big. Yep. Agreed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's going to be sweet. It's gonna be sweet. I mean, I mean, Jimmy, what do you think about like Matt Smith and some of these other, some of these other? So like, so oh. we've seen other pictures of like Matt Smith as as Damon Targaryen and. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that was it. I mean, when I saw Matt Smith was being cast, so I'm not like a huge Doctor Who fan or anything, so I didn't care much about that. But just looking at his headshot, I was like, oh yeah, that's a Targaryen. Like mm -hmm. here we go. Like that's what I imagine. You know, whenever uh, you re you read the books, and I'm just like. Seeing him in costume, it was better than I imagined. And I liked, I don't know, did you look at the jacket? It had, uh, I believe it was like little embroidered mm -hmm. dragons on. I mean, very fine detailed. Uh, and I thought, I thought the hair looked good and all the scenes look good. I, I, I'm excited. I think Matt Smith's going to uh, win a lot of awards on this show. Yeah. I do. Yeah. Oh, I Matt, Matt, Matt Smith is, I mean, literally, um, as crazy as it seems, because Doctor Who itself is this show where it's like, it's sort of a dramedy, I guess, right? Like, I would say it's more so it's, it's kind of lighthearted or whatever. But when it gets serious, it gets like, it, the drama in it is so good. And Matt Smith was like so good at it. And then you watch him in The Crown. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think he's he's about, because he's he is sort of a bigger actor. Um, but it's really, he again, he is one of those like BBC kind of guys where he does a lot of shows that end up, mm -hmm. you know, um, he's a British actor, so not as many Americans know him just yet. Um, so I think he's about to enter that next level, like mm -hmm. of actor where everyone's mm -hmm. like, "Oh, I know, I know who that guy is," yep. and he's a, he's amazing. Yeah, yeah, I think I've saw some pe some people, uh, you know, were saying, "Oh, look, it's uh, you know." Mom, I want I want a girl from Rivia from Witcher, and we have it at home. And then they were showing like the picture. Smith. I did I did find that yeah. to be pretty funny, but uh, uh, let's let's be honest. Uh, I think that the costumes look really good, and Matt Smith has acting chops. I've seen him in The Crown, and it's it's gonna work. It's gonna work very well. There's a lot to be excited about with this show. A lot. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Um, all right, Matt, if you're, if you're cool with this, I'm gonna, I have a quick little House of the Dragon. I just want to kind of give a shout out. We've got Absolutely. people writing us in here. So we have, uh, if guys remember, BTK cast, when House of the Dragon comes out, we, we read your Raven on the show. Okay, you got thoughts, we will read it on the show. And it's just a lot of fun. So this is just a kind of a quick shout out uh, to Sir Doug, 
So Sir Douglas of the Burning River, who was talking about the Hour of the Wolf. And I just got this kind of funny, as uh, although that's like the end of the Dance of Dragons. But says, uh, my lords, I hope this raven finds you well. I write to you upon the heels of the first photos of House of the Dragon being released. And personally, I could not be more excited. And Sir Douglas, that's what we're saying here, right? Like they've just these photos have got us fired up to the point where we just we, we want more. The speculation will grow. Things are going to keep happening. And this is, by the way, remember, friends, this is not. We don't have everything. Like Fire and Blood is not the end all be all and has all the details. There are side things. There are side characters, new characters that they're going to weave in here to surprise even your book book readers. And it's going to be, I think, it's going to be a mega hit. Mm-hmm. So, um. The one thing I am hoping to see the series uh, makes it to in later seasons is Craig and Stark and the Hour of the Wolf. And Sir Matt has said this as well. Uh, I think how Stark is it, it is going to have to be important in this because what do people know? We know in Game of Thrones, we know the Targaryens. Um, it's going to be kind of different, right? Like in A Song of Ice and Fire or Game of Thrones, we were following the Stark family, right? And we had one Targaryen. One who we we heard about, we would follow, and she's you know the mother of dragons. Now we're doing a big switch here. Now we are following a full set of Targaryens. It's just the exact opposite, and we'll hear about the wolves up north. We'll hear about them, maybe Craig and Stark, and we'll hear about some of them, and and maybe we'll see them for a great council of some kind, or for a funeral, or or a wedding, or something like that. But in the end, the hour of the wolf is is coming. So the North remembers, and we will never forget Lord Craig and Stark marching to King's Landing and putting an end to the madness like a father punishing bickering children. Even as the dragons dance, let us never forget that winter is coming. Your humble hedge knight, Sir Douglas of the Burning River. So I just thought I'd throw that out there. Shout out to him because uh, he writes us quite a bit. And I, I hope more folks will start as we get closer to House of the Dragon. Write us your thoughts, your favorite. I mean, Sir Matthew Perry sent us in something. Favorite moments from this, um, from this, you know, Targaryen reign. I mean, like the, this, this batch, like the Dance of Dragons. What do you like about it? What are you amped to see? Where do you think that there are some voids that could be filled? Like, do you think we'll get some of the questions to whether Mushroom was correct, right, or what was our Maester or our Septon correct? Will we get to see behind the door and actually figure out like what some of these controversial things? Like how, how they happened and how they took place. I think that will be interesting for book readers to kind of watch as we go into the show. So, yeah. yeah. Pumped. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, guys. Well, let's move on to the main sort of discussion today, which is George R. R. Martin's The Ice Dragon. Yeah. So um, this is – it was written in like – it came out in 1980. Mm-hmm. So – a long time, actually. I think like 16 years, because Game of Thrones comes out in like 96, I believe. Yeah. Um, so you're talking, so you're talking, six, this came out 16 years before a Game of Thrones. Now, I will say, um, it is, a, George has confirmed several times, it is not in the A Song of Ice and Fire universe, although many publishers will incorrectly say that it is. Um, that includes Amazon, Barnes & Noble. All of them will say it is part of the A Song of Ice and Fire universe, although he's specifically said it's not. But where it gets really interesting is you can just see so many of the ideas of this. I mean, if you told me that this was like this did take place like centuries ago or like thousands of years ago in the A Song of Ice and Fire universe, it literally fits in 100%. I mean, it, it so easily just fits in 100%. Um 
but it is sort of it's it, it it's its own book. But you can see so many of the original ideas um, in here, and so it it is kind of teased, I guess, more so. It, it's kind of presented more as sort of like a kids sort of book uh, meant for like a younger audience. It's not very long. Um, I have it here. You can get it. You can get it for like ten bucks on Amazon. Um, and so it uh, the version I have here uh, does have like nice illustrations as well. Um, and so it's a, it's a pretty easy read. It's only like 40 minutes on Audible. So it's not it's not very long. And they are making a um, they're making an animated version that will be coming out on HBO on HBO Max uh, here, I think, in the next year or so. They've been working on it for a little bit. Um, so uh, it's just, it's it's pretty cool. Um and we're just going to kind of review it a little bit here. Um, I mean, Jimmy, you're kind of the book review expert, so I might let you kind of <laughs> go first. I thought maybe we would just sort of look at it as its own story and then move into so much of the, the connections between it and A Song of Ice and Fire. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. This is a book I read uh, late last year, and I kind of just fit it into my TBR when I could. And I, I never actually got to post a review for it on my channel on the Fantasy Network. So I'm actually really excited to talk about it a little bit more. Um, but, you know, we have our main character and go figure. It's a little girl uh, who happens to end up having a relationship with a dragon, which mm -hmm. uh, her name is Adara. And essentially the land uh, that she is in, there is a lot of war. It almost seems like a civil war. Um, if I recall correctly, and you have the fiery dragons up in the north, which is reversed from Game of Thrones, right? Uh, and then you, she's in this more of the southern part, which has uh, an ice dragon that's floating around. He's like a mythical creature. No one can tame the ice dragon. So all the, the wars are being fought as the north comes down with uh, fiery dragons, you know, our, our typical dragons. Um, and Adara is considered a winter child so she's different from everyone else she does not weep she does not laugh she does not have fun um a very cold cold child uh which uh, as you're listening to this i know as as you're listening to this um you are hearing kind of some things that you could connect to a song of ice and fire which we'll get to but um essentially adara is the one that can tame the ice dragon and uh, I, I don't think we, we don't want to give away spoilers or do we? Do we care? Do we not? Oh, I think. Well, well I think to, I think we'll yeah. give away some. It's it's not very long. It's only 100 pages, guys. I mean, it's that, <laughs> right, then 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 you are then you are set right. with with that synopsis. Just know that the internal conflict um, happens to be with, you know, the, the relationship with the ice dragon also compared to her family, who has not always been fair to her um, and. George has a quote that I have here, and this is something I, I think about every time I start a George book, because I've read a lot of George's other works other than Song of Ice and Fire, and I, I love his writing. I also think, by the way, that Ice Dragon is beautifully written. It's very poetic. The illustrations are top notch, like literally are top awesome. Notch. The, the illustrations like are really good. Yeah, it's worth the half for, for the money for sure. But uh, this is a quote from George R. R. Martin. And it says, I've always agreed with William Faulkner. He said that the human heart and conflict with itself is the only thing worth writing about. I've always taken that as my guiding principle and the rest is ju uh, just set dressing. And I think that is a hundred percent when you look at the ice dragon, even though it's a kid's story, mm -hmm. it is compelling. Uh, and, you know, we actually do see a little bit of the fallout from the wartime of people coming back home from the war and they're missing limbs and they're beat up mm -hmm. and stuff. So even though it's a kid's book, there's still like that, that weight to it yeah. that George likes to put. And I really felt 
that the human heart in conflict concept was on display here, even in this novel. Uh, and that, that's with all of his works. I mean, A Song of Ice and Fire is essentially all these amazing characters at conflict with their own hearts at all times, right? Like Tyrion and his family, but trying to do the right things. I mean, it, it, it's on display all, all the time there. But with this story, it, it is at the forefront as well. And I think that's what makes it a very compelling story. Yeah, I think for, so. Um, Adara from beginning to end, and I, we're not not to. I, we'll stop kind of the non-spoiler here, and we'll go into spoiler probably here in just a second after 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 this. Uh, so folks, know because there is some stuff like throughout this book that I kept just thinking, oh my god, that's that's an, I, the imagery I was getting was was um, Game of Thrones. It was it was a Song of Ice and Fire, mm-hmm. but Adara, yeah, from start to finish, the whole overarching arc goes directly to what you know, the, Jimmy just read to you guys that that quote. The conflict, that that um, self-reflection, like the heart kind of trying to sort through, um, yeah, predicaments and, and obstacles and things that you kind of have to overcome. That is what Adara and family and other individuals in the story are facing in this overarching, you know, story. And yeah, I think it's I, I think it's great. I, I just read it this morning, just so you guys know. And uh, I was listening to it. It really is only a 47 minute listen. So it's very short. So I just got up. And said, All right. You know, let's get, give this a go. And there were so many times as I was listening, I could like, uh, let me give you an example here real quick. So I want to read something. Is it okay if I read something real quick, uh, Sir Matt here? I'm going to just jump into some of the, I get the PDF Yeah, absolutely. Here. Go ahead. All right. So this is Adara. She always knew what that, uh, she always knew when they were due because of her birthday, Adara was a winter child. This is what this is what Jimmy was talking about. Born during the worst freeze that anyone could remember. Even old Laura. And I wanted to say even old Nan. Right. So like, <laughs> uh, you know, who had lived on the next farm and remembered things that had happened before anyone else was born. People still talked about that freeze. Adara often heard them. So it reminded me of there's old Laura. Just substitute old Nan. I mean, those ideas, you know, 20 years prior, however many years prior this was to the writing of A Game of Thrones, they're all there. And he said this, George has said, these ideas have been bouncing around in his mind for a long time. And then he merges it with, um, is it the Hadrian's Wall, right? The, the wall idea, the imagery, mm-hmm. like, like he has these visuals, you know, and he says, you know what? I like that. I also like what I did with the ice dragon. I'm, he starts to kind of, you know, build these things and. There's just so many times. How many times did winter fall or did was winter, yeah. did, you know, winter fell during yeah. the first opening chapter? I was like, winter kept. I know yeah. it was just so cool. It, I was like, wow. Yeah. It's also interesting that you said old yeah. man because old man mentions the ice dragon. Yes. Yes. Exactly. She does. She does. Crazy. Yeah. So um, I guess I guess for me, just in sort of like a quick sort of book review of it on its own. Um, you know, one of the things I, I, I guess I kind of took away from it, um, and then obviously, obviously all of the stuff, its connections to Game of Thrones and stuff like that. But um, I guess it's something I think we're sort of beneficial, obviously, that we all have, all are from the United States. Um, because it is it is the story of a girl, and she is younger, I would say, than Arya um, even. Um, although Arya kind of lives this as well, is like Arya in the Game of Thrones is traveling through... The, especially the Clash of Kings, she's traveling through this war-torn country, right? And she's mm-hmm. having to live mm-hmm. that on the run. 
as a little girl. Now, uh, Adara has it a little bit better because she is with her family, but they're talking about, like, we may have to leave, like, we may have, you know, lose our home um, and all of this stuff. And she seems like she's so much younger. So you get sort of that, like, innocence um, of her. And, you know, she's got, like, the ice dragon there too this sort of mythical creature so she has that kind of going but i don't know i just i just kept thinking about her as this like little girl that like you know all of this war is going on and as you said people are losing limbs and people are dying Mm -hmm. and not coming home and she's like going through that um i was just kind of thinking about like uh, here we are you know like the united states we didn't grow up with this but in other parts of the world people do go through mm-hmm. that right like yes, they do. Um, I read a book so I'm a history I'm a history I'm a history major and so I read this book um, it's called Baghdad Burning and it's this story of um, it's actually a series of blog posts that this um, girl was making and it was during our um, you know the invasion of Iraq um, and so uh, it's her just it's her just describing what's happening daily on this blog. Um, and it's just really like interesting to see because she's just like a nor- you know a normal <laughs> person who has lived you know in the Middle East and now like now like war is like right here like full scale war on your doorstep and talking about like people dying that she knew and how everything is how everything is changing and I don't know why I thought of that book but that's kind of what I was like thinking about a little bit as like with an undertone of this mm-hmm. book like um, even though it's it, it's like, man, you know, just she's going through this war um, as a kid, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like because even younger, because we don't get like we don't get um, Rickon's perspective in a Game yeah. of Thrones. Right. Um, and they have like dire walls. I mean, here she has an ice dragon. But um, I don't know. I, I thought more so just like you do actually get to see more of this sort of perspective of war but even from somebody younger than like what we kind of see with Arya in a game of thrones or song of ice and fire yeah yeah no i i think you're right i think it's um i mean it's it's here's something i want i want to bring up just because i'm i wonder what you guys think about this you're talking about adara and going through all of this um war tone war torn kind of you know thing so in the very beginning of this the first thought, I'm just going to talk about images that came to my mind, because as I was reading this, I was like images just kept popping into my mind from research, from things that happened in A Song of Ice and Fire. And one that's interesting, when I thought of Adara, even though she's little, right, and she's very young, I thought of the corpse queen, right? the corpse queen in A Song of Ice and Fire. Now, let me, let me tell you why, okay? Uh, and people are going to think I'm absolutely nuts, but this is, this is just what's coming to my mind as I'm reading this. Um, they talk about the, as she, you know, okay. Um, Adara's father, they're talking about the blankets that they covered her with. So, and they said that the cold had entered Adara in the womb and that her skin had been pale blue and icy to the touch when she came forth and that she had never warmed in all the years since the winter had touched her, left its mark upon her and made her its own. So when you go look up like the corpse queen, you look at the old, like, um, you know, the knight's king who married the corpse queen. Mm-hmm. I think of like an older version of Adara who never maybe, I mean, at the end of this, spoilers, her nature and things will change. I mean, that, that, that changes. But that idea of someone being touched by winter takes you right to the others. It takes you to this idea that, yeah. that they're marked and touched in some way. And I kept seeing that with her, almost like she was maybe not like what we saw in the show, but like a... He, almost like a white 
you know, who mm-hmm. had been turned and stuff. Right. I was like, yeah. Yeah, so, you, you, you start seeing yeah. a lot well, of the inspirations that way. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I, I say I, I say let's move into sort of it and viewing it with its connections with A Song of Ice and Fire, because, my gosh, it's just so interesting. So, again, he wrote this. I mean, I mean, I don't know exactly. It was published. Right. Um, like 1980. So we're talking 17 years before mm-hmm. A Song of Ice and Fire. And there are just so many things. It's just interesting to see um, that George had these ideas Right. And that he then started to write a song of ice and fire, which he said, I had an idea. I had the the first chapter, not the prologue, but the first chapter of a young boy watching his father have to execute somebody. Right. Yeah. Um, and just from there, he just went. And then it so much of this, so much of this from the ice dragon, you can just tell. I mean, there's a land of always winter. There's an inn at the crossroads. Mm-hmm. Um, he says things like dawn came, you know, so that's just sort of a George ism. But obviously dawn came means, you know, a lot more to us tinfoil people in a song in a song of ice and fire. <laughs> um, and the ice dragon, the ice dragon in a song in a song of ice and fire is, is like we view as the villains. Um, but here it's like the good guy. Right, the ice right. dragon it's is the good. Yes, is, is the good guy, and the and the and the lands of always winter are the good guys, and so, um, you know, it it the 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 others in, you know, in the show we get to see the night king and stuff like that. That's not there in the books, so we don't necessarily know that the others are evil. You know, George says, you know, it's all kind of all about perspective. I like to write gray characters. Um, we still don't know enough about them. To know yeah. that their intentions were always bad, or we we still don't actually know that the children of the forest created them in mm-hmm. the books. Yeah, we don't know that yet. Yeah, it may not go down that way. We don't know, but um, so it's it's inter- it's it is just kind of interesting to see yeah. to see some of these ideas he had, and then then maybe he decides later I'll flip it around and I'll have them be the villains. Well, oh, and hold on a second. Who is the true villain? That that I, as you say. So when, when you think about, am I saying am I saying it right? Hadrian's Wall is that right? Hadrian or is it Hadrian's yeah, well, or Hadrian? Hadrian, Hadrian or yeah. Hadrian's Wall. Yeah. Okay. E- e- either way, you know the the visual of him standing there and looking north, and then looking south and saying, "Who's right? Which the wall? We know why it was built, you know. But like, were they who were north really the bad guys? Or you know, you have the Roman yeah. Empire, you know, to the south." And I think the whole thing is happening with John. You look at John going, the wildlings are just like us. But there's something beyond them that uh, I think we need to be afraid of. And then you go a step further, and perhaps these children of the forest who we think are good are actually the ones who accidentally create these other creatures. And maybe those creatures are just, you know, trying to get, I don't know. It's so complex. As you say, it's gray, and we're not really... Sure, and it's all perspective. I love the point of view writing. I love to to think about things from those different perspectives. Because at one point we're rooting for House Lannister. The next point, it's like, now hold on a second. We remember we were Starks to begin with, okay? Uh, mm-hmm. We like Tyrion. Jamie's turning on us, but you know, I mean, it's just it's it's such a it's such a cool thing. And I think about that wall a lot, and I think about John moving them south. And then, as as you say, with this story and the Ice Dragon, these people, I mean, the Fire Dragons are. We're rooting for them in A Song of Ice and Fire, but in this book, we're not. In The Ice Dragon, we're not. And so I'm not so sure he flipped it. I think that may actually be the way we're supposed to even, like, A Song of Ice and Fire is going <laughs> to shape out. 
So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's it, yeah, it it is interesting, you know. And then in a song of ice and fire, you think about think about this. Everyone views the wildlings as these absolutely terrible things that they would like kill on the spot. But you have the you know moon clans that Tyrion brings, and he helps them win the battle yeah, of the Blackwater. That's right. And Tywin seems to put up with them. Okay, fine, let's go. <laughs> yeah. So, mm-hmm. but by all accounts, they're basically wildlings. They act like wildlings and everything. Yeah, I mean, but. They seem to people seem to be more okay with them than they are wildlings. They just view them as as savages yeah. that live above, just because you live above the wall. That's what we talked about. Skagos, Skagos is kind of that's right on the mm-hmm. line, right? And in my, probably wildlings there. So it is interesting to look to look at that um, and sort of and sort of the the. I've always here. thought of the wall as a barrier between. Um, like a, a, it's almost like a mental barrier for the people who live inside of the wall like westeros like i've always looked at it like that and it's kind of a um a metaphor for how we block out things that we don't understand and how we block out things that make us uncomfortable and like Mm -hmm. the wildlings way of life very much makes people uncomfortable and then there's the magic beyond the wall right like cold hands and people you know mock Tyrion, and Tyrion actually mocks a lot of people at castle black when he's there uh and then when he returns and he's like hey this stuff might be real and then people are mocking him it's just like the wall is, is that separation that we put up as to what we perceive as reality. I've always kind of felt like that. Um, and the idea of someone standing on that wall and looking almost like above the realm of reality and looking at both sides and going, well, which one's which that's, a, that's really, really cool imagery. Yeah. Yeah. So um, here, let me, and this is obviously we're into full, full spoiler territory here. So I'm just going to read the last little paragraph here and sort of the synopsis mm-hmm. of the whole thing. So if you don't want this 40-minute Audible book uh, ruined, I guess you can pause or or something. (laughs) So, um, you know, so this is like the second third or the third, the final third of the book. When Adara is seven, war comes to her land. Fiery dragons from the north come down and swoop down upon the peaceful farm that is Adara's home. Their riders attacking her family. She and her ice dragons fly towards them, and the ice dragon fights the other dragons in order to protect Adara and her family. The ice dragon defeats the fire dragons and their riders, but afterwards the ice dragon is nowhere to be seen. Only a pond that had been uh, that had never been there before, a small, quiet pool where the water is very cold. After the d- disappearance of the ice dragon, the cold leaves Adara. The, she is then finally able to smile, laugh, and weep like other little girls. Mm-hmm. So and- is the ice dragon a good guy or bad guy? Well, you know what it is? And I feel like and, and I felt I, I felt this at the end of the book. I feel like Adara is the embodiment of the environment of war. So like how you were talking about people who live in, in, in this. I mean, it's a different reality for us, right? Like people right. that grew up in war times and are dealing with all this stuff. I feel like Adara embodied that. And then once that was lifted, she was able to enjoy life, even though it's told through the perspective of some magical thing where the dragon turns into a pond essentially you know what i mean like really i think what that's a metaphor is is that once the battle was over she was able to and everyone will be able to laugh and weep and cry and have all the normal kinds of emotions rather than being in just such a cold hard bitter um wartime yeah that's a really good point yeah yeah and well here you have here you have the here you have the fire dragons that come over and destroy their peaceful lands. Well, that sounds an awful lot like Aegon the Conqueror. 
It sure does. Wow, hey, we're just hanging does. out here. Sure does. And he just and he just comes over. But you know what? The others, unless the, you know, they may have been there. The others may have always been in the land. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the land of all of always winter and the giants and the children of the forest, and they all lived together. And then the Andals come, and then well, or the, actually, or the, the first men come, and then yeah, the Andals come. And yes, yes, and, and and then and then the Targaryens and and Aegon's conquest. You're right. So the whole thing too is you look at um, the way groups of people because i was just reading up on some of you know george's inspiration behind the series and he the, it's the medieval influence um you know all the different kind of um battles when you look at like oh the war of roses when you get into political scheming and stuff like that that's all kind of interwoven in here but when you look at the overarching like how did groups of people move based upon big power struggles and where were they shifted in and where were they relocated to that's the whole background for all of this there's undertones of that that these people, even though we don't really view them that way, but they, the the children of the forest, the giants, and the others, all I, I think the children were more southern, you know, had uh, kind of um, habitation, branched out. yeah, branched out, right, or or down <laughs> further south, yes, and they, because of the arm of Dorm, yeah, they pushed further and further into maybe the area where the others uh, were located. Perhaps, uh, unless, like, as the show says, maybe they created them as some something else. But I could see how the land of always winter was a place that now the others, this has always been their spot. Now all of a sudden the children are moving up here. The giants are moving up here. What's going on? What's happening down south? Why are all these people coming up here into our territory now? Refugees, the mm-hmm. children, the, 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 the giants, the refugees on the run. So And then, then a wall is built and we can't even get them back down south of the wall I, I and and then they're thinking i don't think so this was our place so you get into those uh perspective kind of conflicts and i think it's i think it's really really interesting uh by the way let me know when you want to talk about the ice dragon because is the ice dragon actually that's showing cool. up in this series i mean that's that's the big thing we don't know it is mentioned by old nan and and that it being larger and all those things in this series but we saw in the show an ice dragon straight up Right, I mean, we saw uh, like like that was an ice dragon. Correct me, if, or was I wrong? I mean, that's it's not maybe what mm-hmm. old Nan's describing, but it is a dragon that represents that is fighting for the, you know, others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the ice, so the ice dragon actually in the series, you know, it's 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 um, people have they can see it off in the distance, right? Like um, you can you can see it west of Westeros is where people have that's where people think uh, of the thing. Um, in a storm of swords, you have uh, John as there's a cold tunnel going through the wall at Castle Black. John thinks of an ice dragon. Um, John compares the gusts of the wind uh, at the wall to the cold breath of an ice dragon. <laughs> the road beneath the wall also rem- reminds him of the dark, right? Um, and so, old Nan has told stories. Uh, there's people that think it's you know the shivering sea and the white waste, right? That mm-hmm. goes far mm-hmm. off. Um, so I do. There probably are ice dragons. I think there's definitely an ice dragon. Yes. Right. Yeah. Now, Jimmy, do you think this ice dragon? Do you think one of Danny's dragons is going to be turned, like we saw in the show, or do you think it's like maybe mm-hmm. they actually have their own ice dragon? Yeah. No. I think I think it'll be its own ice dragon, and I think that there's like enough talk about like like for instance Melisandre and stone uh stone dragon and things like that like i feel like another one has to come into play i just don't see danny being in the same spots as she was in the show in the Mm -hmm. books 
where one of her dragons would be compromised like that, unless it was like during the final battle, you know, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. or, you know, we'll call it the battle for Winterfell, but I, I don't even necessarily think that's going to happen. Um, um, but whenever the big battle happens with the others, I just wonder if maybe it happens during that. But I think I lean towards more of there being some other sort of dragon existing and it being summoned or, or whatever. So. Yeah. Yeah, because I there is the whole and I, I we when we did a patch face video, we talked about the idea where people theorize that if George was laying a seed for a dragon conversion for a dragon to be, you know, converted in some way, you look to your prophets or the people who are are kind of seeing things in the flames like Melisandre or Patchface who uh, saw a whole bunch of crazy ass shit down in the ocean. I mean, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, and, <laughs> and, and, and he's saying things like, uh, so Davos, this is in a Davos chapter where he heard faint, uh, a faint clank and, and clatter of bells quote under the sea, smoke rises in bubbles and flames burn green and blue and black. And people have like, they hearken on kind of the colors like why green, why blue, why black, if the blue were yellow, it would have fit perfect with the dragons, but maybe that yellow dragon is turned to a blue dragon. So Pete, you, that's a stretch. You're look, you, you, watched, you saw the show, and then you thought, all right, now that we've seen the show, how do we make this quote kind of fit? So maybe we're trying to kind of fit pieces together. I like the idea of there being a dragon like that's, that mm-hmm. was trapped inside the wall or that was far north, further north than we've ever been. And, and and shows up or or whatever. I think that would be that would be really cool. I think that would be awesome to kind of see that actually uh, unfold much, on page. Pretty much everything north of the wall is out, unless if we see a Night King in the book, which we won't. So I I, I just don't see how that whole thing goes down where Danny's dragon turns or something like that. Like I really wonder about the Horn of Winter. Like mm-hmm. you know, obviously the big thing is that the wall would come down, right? Like, is there something under the wall? Yeah, right. Is there? Yeah. Well, John walked under the wall and uh, thought of an ice dragon. Right. Yes. Yep. Well, think think of this. Some people think that some people think that waking a dragon out of stone. Right. Well, there's Mm -hmm. maybe there's an ice dragon in the wall, and that that Mm -hmm. could be it. That's kind of what I'm. So you have. uh, So in the. So in the world of ice and fire, as you when it goes to the final chapters, and it's talking about all of the different. different areas, right? Um, the Archmaester Margate, uh, he's an Archmaester of the Citadel. There's like one tiny little line, right? Has suggested that the tales of freezing mists, um, ice, dra- ice ships, and Cannibal Bay told by sailors who have visited the Shivering Sea are distorted reports of ice dragon activity. So the Shivering Sea um, is like, we're like, oh, that's when you have to kind of think about where it is. It's the... It sorts it sorts of turns into Arctic water north of Essos, right? Yeah. Um, and so it is it is that sea that's 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 north that's sort of north of Essos. Um and so if you go that way, well, Euron and Victorian mm-hmm. are trying to get a uh they've got Dragon Binder, maybe. Yeah. Is the dra- are they going to blow it and then suddenly wow we have an ice dragon and then that would maybe then maybe you go down that route of Euron is sort of the end game Euron is going to be the one that is able to then maybe if he can control an ice dragon can control the others yes. 
and then that's how you turn Euron into that big sort of main final That, that is exactly what I think. I, I see Euron being tied to the dragon, to the wall, and Euron being the big baddie. Like he, he is the, well, for lack of a term, the Night King, even though I don't know if he'll be, you know, leading the others, who knows? But I feel like he's the last right. uh, antagonist. Um, I mean, Gurr's original ideas, uh, way back in 1980 were yes. a war between ice and fire dragons. Yes. Yeah. That's I mean yeah. 100%. His his original idea 17 years before he writes Game of Thrones, he comes out with Game of Thrones and so much of it goes all the way back to this book. You know, there I did a I did a Patreon episode where we've seen the original plan which was supposed to be like three it was supposed to be three um books, mm -hmm. right? Uh, then it turns it away more, but that was his original outline. But even before his original outline is this: it's the it's the ice dragon book, mm -hmm. and it's a war between ice and fire dragons. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, for sure, guys. Let's also look at this too. The, the ideas between be, be behind fire and and cold and, and, and ice, right? Mm -hmm. Ice and fire. I mean, it's Maester Aemon who they basically because they took him out of the north where the cold. And the ice was preserving him, right? The ice preserves and prolongs and whatever. And it was fire that would consume mm -hmm. and destroy. Like that whole idea right there, just with one character, you can see how going south kills him. It takes shortens his life and it, it's destruction. And it, it, it's, it's one of those things. Going south also killed Ned. That's true. It did. That is for sure. It, it kills a lot. It kills it, a lot it, it of kills, people. It kills a lot of people. <laughs> I mean, the north, the north, it are the protagonist in a song of ice and fire because we, we're mm -hmm. uh, Starks are truly the the good guys. I mean, for yeah. most people, right? I should say for most Some people, people would yeah. Say but not. yeah, but don't you th don't you think it's interesting that he writes he 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 writes this book, and uh -huh. our mm -hmm. main character is a girl. A female, a female main character mm -hmm. who has an ice dragon, and then you shift forward, yep. and it's a girl. You know, you say John or Bran or everybody, but Danny's obviously like key. She's one of the main main characters, mm -hmm. and she is has fire dragons. And then he calls the series mm -hmm. a song of ice and fire. Yeah, I mean, it, exactly. It is a song, a song of ice and fire. Ice is first. It's not fire and ice. It's, you know what I'm saying? So it's an ice ice and fire. You know, it's a song. L let me real quick. I pulled up if you go again. Just, I love going to a search of ice and fire. Um, so the first like reference, I think, and I don't know if you read this yet or not, Matt, but it's it's in A Clash of Kings brand five. Right. And this is um, uh, they're talking about. Do you know the way north to the wall and even past uh, that way is easy. Look for the ice dragon and chase the blue star in the rider's eye. It's a constellation. So they they also see, yeah, they see the ice dragon in the sky. And by the way, you're chasing the rider. The the rider of the dragon has this blue eye as well. It's all there. It's 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 uh you know and it always point, right there it points early north. in. Yes, the constellation points point, north. Yeah, points north. Son of a bitch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> John thinks of it later. Exactly. So it's it's really, really cool to think I, I there is going to be um yeah. There's is there's gonna John, be is John gonna ride the ice dragon? Uh, uh wouldn't that be something? I mean, wouldn't that be He is a Targaryen. I yeah. Maybe. It's well, okay. I mean, in this in this story, Adara just goes up and touches at the age of four 
a dragon that was untamable or, or, or whatever. I think of the dragon seeds as well. Like in the histories of A Song of Ice and Fire, you had the dragon seeds. And who could tame? Who could approach a dragon and become a dragon rider? And there was something special about that. So, I mean, look at Bran. The way Bran changes to kind of... Bran actually looks like when, when he comes back in the show, uh, he kind of reminds you of Adara a little bit, doesn't he? He's kind of cold, emotionalist. He doesn't smile anymore. All of a sudden, Bran, after he leaves the cave, is starting to look like, uh, you know, Adara in this in this series. Is he gonna ride a dragon? Will he be that knight that oh. that you know what I mean? Could that be the guy? Dragon. Yeah. Right. Oh my right? god! I mean, that was, it, so he's a little boy, right? And then you had Adara, who was a little girl. He's just kind of flipped this around. You know, George is moving this around a little bit, but Bran's coming out of there with an ice dragon. So I don't I'm know. just going to go off the rails just a little bit here. Go and ahead. All the Targaryen loyalists will be upset. But what if Danny um, does end up taking over King's Landing? She kills Fagon and she starts ruling with an iron fist. Right. Mm hmm. And then you you have, uh, you know, that that's it. It's it's basically you have like a dictator in Danny uh, with going of fire and blood. And then you have a Stark, whether it be Bran or John, and they have that ice drag. Like, what if that would be? I mean, I don't know. It's just, it's fascinating. I have no idea. Yeah, the the directions where in which it could go. I mean, because Bran is prepped for something. I really don't think the showrunners had like even if that outline or that tidbit was given to them, they just don't know how to weave it in there. And nor were they planning for that. And so it just seems kind of crazy to them. They don't quite get it. Um, yeah. So that's just a major difference in in the show compared to our books it's just not going to be even close i would love absolutely love to see some type of element where a real actual ice dragon faces off against fire dragons like not we <laughs> yeah like not we convert one but like if the rumors are true that there were once ice dragons show me those in, in, in the book i think that would be the biggest stunner i would just be like holy smokes and you're right matt he did it 20 years prior he said, I'm going to have ice dragons fighting fire dragons and not just some weird conversion thing. Um, yeah. But yeah. So that's going to be good. God, who knows? It's going to be interesting, guys. Well, guys, well, all right. Hey, go check out George R. Martin's The Ice Dragon. Uh, I think I got the audible version for literally $7. <laughs> um, and it's only like it's only like a 40 minute read. So um, I don't know what the conversion is there in terms of price. How much? How many? How many? How many pennies are you paying per per second of uh, audio <laughs> content? But it's interesting. It is. It is a really interesting take to see some of his some of his early ideas. And if you like the physical version, I like it as well. Um, I have both the audiobook and the and the physical version. One of the things, as Jimmy said, man, there's there's uh, animation or there's you know there's um, pictures i guess i should say on every on every page and they're the illustration is what i should say i think it's all done really well it uses this sort of soft blue mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which i like it's not it's yeah. not it's not it's not just pencil um it's like they almost just used a bluish sort of gray colored pencil for the whole thing and i just i really i really like it so um all right guys Any, uh jimmy where can people find you you internet? can find me at the fantasy network where i review books like a song of ice and fire and uh ice dragon and all other types of stuff so if you're looking for more stuff to read while we wait for wins a winner for the 11th year come on over and uh, get some recommendations <laughs>
Okay. All right, guys. Well, hey, thanks for joining us, Jimmy. Uh, as and I will be back next week, back onto the reread and of source, and of course, more House of the Dragon news as it continues to come out, guys. So with that, remember that winter is coming. Thank you.